Well, joining me for a look at the equity scene is Martin Smith from Anchor Capital. Thank you so much for your time, Martin. Let's actually start off with that China GDP growth. For the third quarter, revving up more than what markets had expected, growth of 4.9%, knocking on that uh, 5% uh, kind of level, uh, beating analyst estimates, uh, of course. Uh, we also did get some uh, more data as well. Retail sales, industrial production, also surprising to the upside, although we did get uh, disappointing uh, performance from a fixed asset investment. In what context are you viewing those numbers? But also, does any of this change your growth forecast for China for this year? So I think in isolation, a very good number. And like you mentioned, um, kind of well ahead of expectations. But I think if you look at, if we zoom out a little bit, even to this week, um, from a CPI perspective, um, import-export numbers that came out, and just the general kind of economic data that's come out of China this year, it's been disappointing. And I think markets been hoping for a little bit of a better kind of economic uh, outcome from China. So yes, in isolation today looks great, but I think the market's waiting to see if this is the start of something and the market is really getting going over there or if it's just kind of a, a, a good set of number from uh, from the economy today. So again, you've got that. You've got um, this overhang from the Chinese property sector also sitting kind of in the background. So I think the market's waiting to see if it's a bit of a recovery or if it's just kind of one good number out of a out of a host of disappointing numbers. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get into a pick and pay results. Um, I don't really think that there was anything that was a surprise there because, of course, you saw how markets reacted negatively to that trading statement that they uh, posted a few weeks ago. But yet the share price still continued to sink even though the markets knew that there will be a loss. But I'm also just wondering if maybe the further trading statement that was released yesterday at 5 p.m. has anything to do with kind of the nervousness that we did see today. No, your, your thoughts, I think, kind of mirror my own. It's, it was well flagged how kind of bad these numbers would be. But to see the share price sell off that we saw today, I'm not sure where it ended. It was around about 12% yeah. down the last time I looked. Um, it was a little bit surprising, uh, but maybe the markets doesn't want to sit around and wait for a turnaround story, a multi-year turnaround story. And they could just be saying, look, there's better places to make money. We don't necessarily yeah. need to be here. We're specifically when you've got this turnaround story, you've got um, SA headwinds that are still kind of going to be around for the next kind of six or 12 months. And maybe guys are just saying, look, let's let's get out and let's look for opportunities elsewhere. Because again, well flagged, we knew it was coming. But again, I think maybe investors are just getting a little bit fatigued with this uh, multi-year turnaround story that's yeah. that's supposedly coming. Well, I mean, I also want to segue into the uh, SA inflation and uh, retail figures that we got um, today. Uh, retail sales for August and inflation for September. Uh, not really good news because we did see inflation ticking up at 5.4% really now moving further away from that uh, midpoint of that target range now getting closer to the upper band of that target range and then you also had a retail sales for august declining 0.5 percent year on year not a good story for the consumer at, at this point is it no you're right and i think it was the eighth month in a row that we've had negative um retail numbers so not a good news picture i think we all know um or it's kind of expected by yeah. at this kind of stage in the economic cycle. Um, insofar as the the inflation data that we saw, I think you see that effect of kind of a higher oil price and, and a weaker rand and fuel kind of coming into 
into those numbers specifically from a headline perspective. You've also got base effects really starting to come in now where you had last year was a little bit better. So it's a bit more difficult to beat it if that makes sense. So mm. I think we're in a bit of a precarious position. You've got a week around higher um, oil prices and potentially some also inflationary kind of pressures coming through from where we are from a weather perspective and how that's going to inf- impact the food cycle and, and prices there. So we're sitting on a little bit of a knife edge. And I think still think it's about 50-50 if we get another 25 basis points hike next month. Um, but yeah, one, we've just got to kind of go data point to data point to it, unfortunately, at the moment. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, let's come back to company news. EOH releasing year-end results today, saying that the operating profit from uh, continuing operations um, gained or improved by 35%. Even the operating profit margin improved to 2.2% from 1.7%. Also saying uh, that there was a narrowing of that headline loss per share. The share price, though, did slide at 3%. Are shareholders just not recognizing the improvement? here i think we also need to look at the fact that this um is maybe not the business it was and uh, it's it's a much smaller business uh, it's downscale sold non-core kind of holdings and con- continues kind of down that path and trading at around one rand 60 at the moment um again it kind of could be the same as pick and pay investors just saying look maybe there's other places to make money is it an exciting story probably not is a trading where it should be probably and i think it just comes down to opportunity cost and saying where else can we can we make money and find other op- uh, exciting opportunities i think that's more the function of these results than kind of anything on an operational scale if that makes sense yeah before we get to your stock pick a quick word on quilter because the company did release its trading update saying that uh, assets under management uh, remain flat in the third quarter compared to the second quarter and i mean for me I- I guess this isn't bad news considering how volatile the markets were in October and in September. But we did see uh, investors dumping that stock. It was down about 6%. And I'm wondering uh, what investors are just holding on to here. I think I sound like a broken record, but again, a bit of opportunity cost because mm. you're going to need to wait for that that cycle to change um, in the UK. So you've had yeah. uh, net outflows from IFAs, and I think it speaks to what's happening in the UK from a living cost expense crisis that's going on there is essentially investors taking money out yeah. um, to, to live. And I think until you see things improve from a rate cycle, a rate hiking cycle perspective and from an economic perspective, I think only then will you see the share really come through nicely. It's obviously geared to that play as well. So it's one that I actually like on a longer term basis. But I think for right now, you can maybe be patient before you get in. And I think that's kind of echoed by investors saying, again, other places to make money in the short term. Yeah. But this is one that I do like on a longer term play once that cycle starts to really recover. Right. Well, where would you rather make money at this point? Your stock pick for today? Um, I like BTI. We're buying some BTI at the moment. Uh, quite a nice and healthy dividend yield and hard currency. Uh, looking optically cheap versus peers and relative to its history. And also not so much caught up in the kind of or a bit of a shield from the SA headwind story that we're seeing really playing out at the moment. So yeah, BTI I think is a, a relatively safe place at the moment. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and uh, for your insights on what has been driving our money today, Martin. Uh, that was Martin Smith from Anchor Capital.